One of my favorite things about one of my best friends, Jesse, is they're so good at being disarming in situations or encounters with what I'll call important people. In college, there were a handful of times when I had meetings with people that I was super intimidated by. They had fancy titles and positions, and I just always felt like in those encounters, I had to be on my best behavior and show the best version of myself. However, I always appreciated being in meetings whenever Jesse was there um, because Jesse had and still has a great way of seeing the person behind all of the titles and barriers that kept me from feeling like I could just show up and interact with the person as like a normal human, not just someone who was far fancier or greater than I. Um, I wanted to go into these meetings all dressed up in our blazers and pencil skirts, ready to make meaningless small talk. But Jesse always had a way of quickly getting on a first name basis with people and casually learning about their whole life story before I ever made any headway because Jesse always saw the person behind all of the fancy titles. This week, as I've been considering barriers that keep us from experiencing how beloved we are by God, I've been thinking about how often we don't know how to approach God because all we know is that God is fancy and important and to be revered and that we are not God. And therefore, we just have to be on our best behavior and show the best version of ourselves, whether that's at church or in a Bible study or even in our own personal prayer lives. And as I've been kind of reflecting on this, I've been reading a book called Unfettered by Mandy Smith. And she talks about how she rediscovered God through exploring a childlike faith. And all of this happened as she was on her sabbatical. She kind of opens the book by talking about the first day of her sabbatical. She found herself inviting God into a business meeting. She said she had an agenda, ready to tell God all the problems that they were going to solve. She was kind of thinking about her posture towards God like you would have at a formal business meeting with someone. And she realized in the midst of this business meeting that she had planned that instead, in this season, God had invited her to a picnic. Uh, the rest of the book is about her rediscovering how to inhabit a childlike posture of showing up to a picnic with God and learning how to embrace the childlike tendencies in our faith that so often we've brushed away as we've gotten older. Along her journey, she names two main barriers that we regularly face in trying to be what she calls adultish rather than childlike. She says the first barrier is our desire for control, and the second is our desire for independence or self-sufficiency. In our desire for control, we aim to control all of the variables in our lives such that we never need God. Control can show up in a lot of ways, from a desire to control how we show up to God or you know, what version we present of ourselves to God, to the agendas that we bring with us, to a desire to control the lives of those near and dear to us. Sometimes that looks like trying to control the lives of our spouses or our kids or our extended family members, just to tame down a little bit of the chaos that we feel in the midst of all of those relationships. I like to think of our desire for independence or self-sufficiency from God as like airplane faith, I'm going to call it, where you're just, whenever you're trudging along with life as normal, you're able to be self-sufficient in most things. You don't regularly think about your need for God. However, when you find yourself in a moment where you've come to the, own, the end of your own independence, like when you were taking off in an airplane— Suddenly, you find yourself in a moment praying like you have never prayed before. Airplane kind of faith. I do find that both our desire for control and our desire for independence and self-sufficiency, they all keep us from being able to delight in God most fully. 
I certainly have witnessed people describing their faith in God as if the relationship is a business meeting where you need to show up and apologize for your shortcomings, for the goals that you missed this quarter, or revisit projects or prayer requests that haven't yet achieved their desired outcomes, and to negotiate your desire for a future relationship or um, what you hope your partnership with God might hold in the future. However, if we only ever think of our relationship with God as one of a business meeting, then we might fall into the same trap that College Hope did and miss out on getting to know God beyond our preconceived notions of God as one only to be revered and feared, but not a God that desires to be known. If we are to embrace a childlike faith, I believe that our spiritual lives will be forever changed as we get to know God in a whole new way, a way that is filled with delight and wonder. Embracing a childlike faith is not a concept uh, discovered by Mandy Smith on her sabbatical. It's something that Jesus regularly talks about all throughout scripture. In fact, in the gospel of Mark chapter 10, Jesus is in a teaching mode and the middle of this kind of teaching, there are a lot of people that just keep bringing children to him to, to touch perhaps for healing or for blessings. And the disciples see what's going on and they jump in, they get real protective of Jesus and like shut down all the people who are bringing kids to him. And Jesus names like, whoa, 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 what are you doing? and kind of uses the children as an example of what our faith needs to be more like. So let's read what Jesus has to say in Mark chapter 10, beginning in verse 13. It says, People were bringing children to Jesus in order that he might touch them, and the disciples spoke sternly to them. But when Jesus saw this, he was indignant and said to them, the disciples, Let the children come to me. Do not stop them, for it is such as these that the kingdom of God belongs. Truly, I tell you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God as a little child will never enter it. Jesus took them up into his arms, laid hands on them, and blessed them. Did you catch that super bold sentence where Jesus is talking about the significance of having a childlike faith? He said, truly, I tell you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God as a little child will never enter it. This is a pretty strong rebuke of the disciples who just tried to shoo the children away. And in the midst of that, I think it indicates just how important Jesus believes this teaching to be. I wonder, what do you think about when you think about receiving the kingdom of God like a little child? To be clear, Jesus is not saying that we have to be an actual child to receive the kingdom of God. But Jesus is saying that we have a lot to learn from the children around us about what God is like and what the kingdom of God is like. Now, I don't know how recently you've had a conversation with a child about their faith, but I certainly am regularly blown away by what I learn from the kids around me whenever I talk to them about God. They always are asking such great questions, and they're not afraid to be wrong, and they're curious about what God is like, and they wonder great questions like, did Jesus practice the miracles that he did, or did he just inherently do them, or does God have a last name, and many more incredible questions. I will never forget a conversation that I had a few years ago with a kid when I was a pastor in residence at camp. So the camp that my husband helps lead is a summer camp and retreat center with our Methodist church, Camp Chestnut Ridge. Maybe some of you have been there. And they invite pastors to come for a week in the middle of summer camp and to hang out with the campers and to teach Bible lessons throughout the week, as well as chapel and lots of different sorts of things. But during one of the sessions, I mentioned Paul, who's one of the authors of the New Testament, and I shared a little bit about his story 
talked about how Paul was shipwrecked on an island, that he got bit by a poisonous snake and everyone thought he was going to die and somehow he didn't die. Like it really is a pretty crazy story. And after we finished the session, there was a camper that came up to me and he clearly just thought that Paul was the coolest person that he had ever heard about from the Bible. And so when we finished the session, he came up to me and was like, Hope, like, can we play Paul? And I was like, I don't like what what do you mean play Paul? Like, I don't really understand. And he was like, okay, I need you to narrate scripture. Can you find what you were just reading? And then we're going to just act it out as you read it. I was like, uh, sure. Okay. And I just watched this little first grader, like delegate his friends of like, okay, you're going to be the fire. You're going to be the ship. You're going to be the water. And Ooh, there's like three of them fighting over who gets to be the snake. And he's like, I'm going to be the snake. <laughs> and they just acted out Paul's story for fun. And as we all kind of did this together, I found that I learned so much from these campers because they reminded me that our faith doesn't have to be so serious, that it can be fun and silly sometimes. Those campers found delight in scripture as the story came alive for all of us in a brand new way. And it was so beautiful as they acted out like different parts of the story and yes, argued about who got to be the snake. But I think all of this delight is what Jesus means when he says we need to receive the kingdom of God like a child. To receive with wonder and delight, filled with great questions and a desire to ask for help when we need it. To not be afraid to admit our need for God or the fact that we don't always have it all together. As I consider what it would take for me to become more like a child in my faith, I know I have to first acknowledge my own desire to be in control, to have all of the answers, and my desire to both be independent and self-sufficient such that I don't need God. I think first, to consider what it would take for me to become more like a child, I must interrogate my own need to be in control. I'm actually going to say that again. To consider what it would take for me to become more like a child, I must first interrogate my need to be in control. To ask, what am I so afraid of will happen if I lose control? Or what's at stake if I loosen my grip on control? I find that my desire for control often shows up in sneaky ways when I want someone else to do something uh, just the right way or when I want my husband to read my mind and act accordingly. Most often, though, I think my need for control means that I try by all means possible to accomplish whatever I'm hopeful for before even taking a second to pause and relinquish even a fraction of control to God. To consider what it would take for me to become more like a child. The second thing I must do is interrogate my need to be independent. And honestly, this one is surprisingly hard to me in this season of my life. Because for so many years, it's been ingrained in me that success as an adult looks like independence, whether that's financial independence or independence from parents in one way or another. And yet somehow, I also have found as I've been kind of holding on to uh, success as an adult, as independence, I also have found that I've been blown away by all of the times recently where I've met God in moments of dependence from the desperate phone call I made to a friend a couple weeks ago where I just needed to process something and she just took an hour of her time to stop working and sit with me and my questions as we kind of sat and processed to a friend who graciously offered to uh, parts of their lunch when I forgot mine to lastly 
like we have been going to a bunch of baby showers recently and I found myself kind of delighting in the beauty of that kind of dependence on community in a liminal season of anticipation of welcoming a child into your home, that there is um, acknowledgement of our need for community around us in a different sort of way. And it's also not lost on me that when God took on flesh in Jesus, that God sent a child, a baby, not a fully formed grown adult, but a small, dependent, and fragile child, such that we might learn more fully who our God is and how deeply our God desires for us to know that we are beloved. So I wonder this morning, does your faith in this season feel more adultish or more childlike? And if it's more adultish or adult-like, what do you think it would take to loosen your grip on control and independence, to come to God with a greater posture of wonder, awe, and dependence? If you're in a place uh, where you're able to do so, I'd invite you to close your eyes, to wonder for just a couple moments. If you're able to loosen your grip on control, I invite you to wonder what that might feel like. What does it take for you to begin to loosen your grip? And as you surrender even just a tiny bit of control over whatever it is that you find yourself most worried about today, I invite you to consider where in your body do you feel this loosening? Does this loosening come with a rush of anxiety, a resistance, or a welcome sigh of relief? Are you finding that you didn't realize until this moment how much you were holding on to one thing or another for control? Maybe in this moment, do you find that you're in a place or a season where God has already been teaching you the delight and wonder that we can find when we open our eyes to childlike wonder and surrender? I invite you to also consider for a moment um, where you sense God inviting you out of independence and self-sufficiency into dependence on a God who is always sufficient. I invite you to consider where your striving for independence comes from. To consider what it might feel like to remember that you can depend on God. I invite you for a moment to imagine what it might look like for you today to imagine yourself curling up on God's lap. Like maybe you curled up on your mom's lap when you were little and just snuggled in, not worried about a thing. Because in God, we can remember that we don't have to be independent, but that we worship a God who is always sufficient, even when we are not. And lastly, before you open your eyes, I'd invite you to consider your own belovedness. Before you're striving for control or before any of your accomplishments are seen, first and foremost, you are a beloved child of God. So let us delight with a childlike wonder in our God who loves us and calls us beloved. Amen. And I invite you to open your eyes. And I actually want to close today with a blessing from Kate Bowler. If you don't know Kate, she is a professor at Duke Divinity School and has a podcast that I deeply love. And just a couple weeks ago, I was listening to one of her podcasts on fun, where she was interviewing someone and they were talking about kind of how we regularly have lost the capacity to have fun in our everyday ordinary lives. They talk a lot about kind of how we spend lots of time on our phones and kind of numbing out and don't, don't find spaces for, for fun. 
And her words of blessing that she concluded the podcast with have been kind of working in me, particularly as I've been thinking about what it looks like to have a childlike faith full of awe and wonder. So I invite you to receive this blessing as we close out today. Blessed are you for feeling the pull that tug back towards a part of yourself so easily ignored. Yourself at ease, yourself in the flow, yourself at play. Pain or boredom or business has sucked up all of the energy. But wait, aren't you more than a crisis firefighter? Blessed are you when you relax, when you feel young again, when you lay the stress down. Blessed are you when you remember that you used to be pretty good at guitar or piano, or actually you're a terrible singer, but wait for it, you're going to bring out the show tunes. Blessed are you who put the words fun in the calendar, even when you have no idea what you might actually do. You are more than a list of things to do, people to love, problems to survive. You are a big, loud laugh or a quiet study of wonder, extroverted or introverted, splashy or contained. And may the joy of fun be poured back into your roots. And may you watch yourself come back to life. Amen. Friends, may we go in peace as we head off into this work of living into a childlike kind of faith. Amen. Well, it's been great to worship with you together during this time. Uh, We'd love to invite you to come and join us for worship in person or online, live on Sunday mornings or throughout the week. You can find more information about our worship times or worship with us online at fvumc.org. And while you're there, Uh, You can find plenty of ways to connect with us, uh, whether that's uh, connecting in sort of an opportunity for community around here or serving the greater Fuquay community around us. Uh, So we'd love to invite you to join us for those. Uh, If this is a resource that provides you spiritual sustenance and you'd like to partner with us in making it possible for everyone else, while you're there, at the top right-hand corner, there's a button that says give, or you can go to fvumc.org slash give and make a gift there that makes the mission and ministry of this place possible. We're so thankful for everyone who partners with us uh, to do just that. Listen, it's been great. It's been great to be together with you uh, in this moment. And we look forward to worshiping again with you real soon. We'll see you then.